from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I think the safest place for our kids this past year was possibly at school. fact is that we it did go off really well. And, and did you uh, make the kids wear masks to prom, for example? Um, let's see, are we live, Sarah? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we are live. They, yeah. they, wore, they wore masks, but we know, I mean, they're kids. It's so abnormal for kids to wear masks and to stay six feet apart from your best friends. And, you know, teenagers are huggy. Um, but the relationships and the, the memories and the mentoring and the role modeling and you know those are things that that you don't get back i'm sarah fenske we first featured jonathan butterfield on this show in august he is the principal of lutheran high school south and that parochial school in afton made a very unusual choice among high schools in st louis city and st louis county last fall it decided to offer all students in-person instruction five days a week, and this is back when most high schools were hybrid, if not entirely virtual. On May 19th, Lutheran South celebrated the end of the school year without shouting down once and with zero cases of COVID-19 spread on campus. And joining us today to talk about how they made it through is Jonathan Butterfield. Jonathan, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me again. So, Jonathan, congratulations on making it to the end of the school year. That's got to feel good. Oh, it does. <laughs> yes. So, it, feels, it feels really good. It was a, it was a exhausting but very fulfilling school year. So I got to say, so many people, and I think so many of our listeners, thought it was impossible to do in-person education throughout this entire pandemic, and especially to do that for high school kids. I think a lot of people thought, okay, the really little kids, they seem to be okay with this. It's different for high school. Do you feel vindicated in some ways by your decision to be open full-time from the get-go last fall? <laughs> You know, uh, a lot of people were saying it couldn't be done. And, you know, truth be told, we didn't know with certainty either, of course, right? But but we knew what we do is simply too important to do on a screen. So so we did everything we could, and, uh, and it worked. Um, we had zero cases, not even one instance of COVID being spread on our campus this year. Um, and so certainly many of our students, you know, were positive throughout the year from other sources. But... It was never from being at school, and so yeah, there's 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 some level of uh, relief, and you know, and you know, I, d- I don't question anybody for questioning us at that time because no one really knew the right answer, but um, we did, and and, uh, and I do want to say we did proactively choose to be entirely virtual for two weeks during the year, uh, the week after Thanksgiving, and then the week after spring break. And uh, it was probably a good move because a few of our students, uh, at least after the first break, um, did become positive. And so mm-hmm. uh, it was probably a good, a good move to do. But, um, but you know, it, overall, um, you know, everything went just really well. And, and, you know, in hindsight, Sarah, I believe that after now that we know more about COVID, I think the safest place for our kids this past year was possibly at school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and in our case, we had 
it was a regular school. We had three dances. We had prom. We had all of our sports. We had lunch every day, um, you know, and our kids were able to enjoy almost everything that makes an overall high school experience awesome um, at Lutheran South. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very surprised to hear you say you were able to pull off dances. I know when we talked to you earlier in the year, you were doing some things to make sure that even though you had all the students on campus, they weren't just packed in there like sardines. You were keeping some distance yeah. between students and they were doing yeah. things like wearing masks. How did you have prom under those conditions? Yeah. <laughs> well, first question is how do we do homecoming in October? Uh, yeah, I, yeah um, you're but right. That's a we, great question. Yeah, we did it. And and we didn't have any issues and then we did uh what we call our backwards dance in the spring and then we did do a prom you know in, in late april as well and 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 nothing came of it um thankfully and so you know i don't know i mean besides obviously we're 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 you know so so pleased for god's providence but we don't know that we did anything abnormally different than someone else would uh, besides just be careful um, but the fact is that we it did go off really well and and did you uh, make the kids wear masks to prom for example um, let's see. Are we live, Sarah? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we are live. They, yeah. they wore they wore masks, but we know. I mean, they're kids. It's so abnormal for kids to wear masks and to stay six feet apart from your best friends. And you know, teenagers are huggy, and and I think high school boys are the biggest culprits, actually. Hmm. Uh, and they crave those personal relationships. And so um, it was it was extremely difficult. There's a constant reminder to keep your mask up and keep your distance and so forth. Um, but you know, we understand relationships matter so much and you know we're created for community and we're reminded that you know our teenagers really flourish in that kind of structured environment you know where where they have that community where they're known and loved and have their have their friendships and have those those lifelong memories and so we did whatever we could and it worked hmm. so you mentioned there that the safest place for kids might be in school is that because some of the the mental health issues that have been so well documented during this pandemic for kids who who were stuck at home and, and isolated from each other Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, our counselors reported that our kids came back to school last fall in much worse position than they even thought. Um, but after the first month of school, they said every kid, you know, the needle was moved extremely um, positively in the right direction. And so that was so important. And, and, you know, so many kids who came to our school once they experienced the totally virtual environment because they wanted to be in person. Similarly, their parents sort of said, you know, we have our kids back. This is awesome. This is what our kids needed. They needed to be in person despite uh, the fears that we may have. Um, we can do this, um, you know, educatedly well, and, and we can know the research and take the precautions, and it's worth it for us because our kids are struggling so much with their mental health. Hmm. So on the subject of those precautions, I know when we talked to you early on in the school year, there were a number of things that Lutheran South was doing to try to mitigate spread. Is there anything you had in place at the beginning of the year that once you got into it, you realized, you know what, this this just isn't helping or this just doesn't make sense. We're going to change the game plan. <laughs> right. Uh, well, it was likely the right decision. The spatial distancing was very difficult. And, and frankly, that was probably the most broken rule without adult intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and we eased on that quite a bit the second semester, and we're still able able to keep our kids safe. And so who knows how important that really was while masks are being worn. I know it was the right thing to do at the time, but um, you know that, that has sort of gone by the wayside as the year got, got near the end. Uh, they still had to wear their mask, um, but they, you know, we weren't uh, on them as much about staying apart from each other. 
Um, the other thing we did, you know, um, we offered our families, you're right, the option to be in person every day. And, you know, the vast majority of them took us up on that. But, um, you know, the longer the school year went on, kids were more easily tempted to come to school late or even to choose to be virtual that day. And, and it was fine for them. And actually, it worked for a couple kids really thrived in that environment. Um, but most kids simply cannot. And so we did make it to the end of the year in that kind of environment, but we're really looking forward to expecting all of our students in person next year because we know that's, you know, that's best. Uh, the, the face-to-face communication uh, is, is certainly um, the best way to do education. It's interesting. There's been a lot of talk about what will keep around even after the pandemic finally ends here in the U.S. I've heard some people say they're going to keep wearing a mask. They love that they didn't get the common cold this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some schools saying maybe they'll continue to have virtual offerings. It sounds like you are not going to be in favor of having virtual offerings going forward. Yeah, that you know, that's not going to be... Uh, and I, there could be a uh, you know a, a rare case where there's a reason why a student needs to be like that. Uh, you know, the year before last, we had a girl in the hospital, and so we met her needs that way. During this year, we had a boy who was in China and couldn't come to school on campus, and so uh, you know he took classes virtually in the middle of the night for him. Um, and so we'll have those one-offs, we think. Although I have to tell you, as of today, no one has talked to me about about that kind of situation yet. I think people are really just craving uh, to be in person. Um, but there are there are things we're going to keep. Um, you know, all school lunch. Uh, we we all ate together this year because we had to. We spread out over the entire campus and, and you know, it was tough to supervise, but uh, it was our only option and the kids did great. But what we found is that we, you know, we typically will eat in shifts, but what we found um, is that, you know, kids are disappointed that they don't, aren't in lunch with their friends or they can't, you know, meet a teacher for some tutoring during lunch. And so this was just a great time for relationship building, for large group meetings and a new intramural opportunity that we created this year with some friendly competition and community building in our house system. And, you know, kids got to eat lunch and then go play kickball or badminton or cornhole or ping pong, whatever it was. And it was a great distraction this year away from the, the rigors of the academic work. And so we're going we're gonna to for sure continue that into the future as well. And, you know, we, we learned how to effectively teach fully remote classes. We, we can do that. Um, we also found, I think some schools would, would, um, would agree with this, some classes just are really impossible to teach online, right? Like your family and consumer science classes or industrial tech or AP chemistry maybe. Um, but uh, but um, you know the extra time and effort and disruption that the hybrid model causes the teaching and learn environment is just too significant to keep that going. We just we just really value our kids being on campus in person. I imagine even though this year the kids felt pretty lucky to be back there with their friends, that this was hard for the teachers. Yeah. By the end of the year, were were you feeling some burnout from your staff? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I can tell you that I'm looking forward to summer, but. What I'm most looking forward to uh, is knowing that my teachers are getting a break, and the, and uh, and that's what I'm most excited about because they just had to work so hard. It was the toughest year for probably every teacher, and you know who knows in the world uh, this year in their entire career, and so they just went above and beyond this year. And so um, it's you know I'm, I'm happy for them for the summer, but it is true that there there's a there's a sense of. Uh, Things got a little, um, you know, a little more tense at certain times at the end of the year that um, that normally come in May, but maybe were heightened this year, of course, um, just with everything going on. And so everybody's ready for a break. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, so looking back on this past year, you almost had a 430 student experiment. And I don't mean to minimize what yeah, the stakes no. were in this. I mean, you had three kids in this. I know you took this very seriously. When I say three kids, yeah. I mean three of your own children were students right. at this school. Um, so yeah. you did take this very seriously, but in some ways it was a great experiment. And so coming out of this experiment, what's your biggest takeaway? What would you hope other people would take away from what you learned? Oh, <laughs> You know, um, that's a great question, but you know, just the courage to take calculated risks when stakes are high, right? We knew how important the overall high school experience is for kids. It's so much more than just academics, um, but the relationships and the, the memories and the mentoring and the role modeling and, you know, those are things that, that you don't get back, right? And so um, it was just too important. And so, um, you know, we had the courage and the faith to, to go out and, and, you know, trust that God would bless the process, and, and he did. And, and for us, um, you know, we would, there's no way we would, uh, would have done it differently. Um, that's, that's really important to us. Well, Jonathan Butterfield, we're all so glad that you guys made it through. This was a year without casualties. Yeah. So um, congratulations yeah. on that, and, and thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.